Welcome to Dig Deeper with Danny and Jade. It's been a little while since we've been here, but we've got a special guest this evening as well. We do. Um, it is the 30th of July. It's been a little while since we've done a podcast. And um, we've got a special guest returning, Rye. Thanks good for having, having me again. Yeah. feel very privileged to come back for round two. Well, we had a lot of uh, good feedback from your last one. And uh, you and I tend was it, to... Was it my mum, my sister? <laughs> a lot of people I paid. <laughs> well, you and I tend to debate a lot of stuff. So it's always fun yeah. to talk with you. And um, when we do ever talk, it, I always feel it's super friendly. Mm. Uh, we do argue and we do differ on a lot of stuff. Especially you, you know, really... Like in China and communism, which is interesting. Also completely untrue. Really. <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto that at some point. Hey, it's on tape. You're a, you're a, you're a supporter of socialism and communism. So. I was trying to protect my employees' interests. <laughs> <laughs> and my boo-boo, how are you today? Good. Outstanding. Awesome. So look, we're going to dive straight into it. Um, we've got a few things that we just wanted to catch up and, and just share what's been going on over the last few weeks. Uh, there has been... A lot of developments, mm. obviously around Corona. Um, I know for me, um, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while, but I've actually been too emotional. And really? Yeah. And I didn't want to get on the podcast and just rant and scream and then regret it and not be able to release it. So I've taken a few weeks just to, you know, just reflect, try to calm down a little bit and just process my thoughts in a, in a, in a better manner. And sorry, you say emotional because some the things that have happened have made you yeah, feel a strong I get sense angry. of anger? Or? Okay. Definitely, I get really angry when I see dumb shit. Yeah. And there's been a lot of dumb shit. So, but yeah. I mean, like... Let's <clears throat> dissect the dumb shit. Well, yeah. okay, well, if we start somewhere, which is something that's quite um, prominent at the moment, which is what's going on in Victoria with the second wave of corona, and the support that the Premier Dan Andrews is getting... You know, you saw the hashtag go around, I stand with Dan. And I'm really disappointed by that because mm. there is a direct reason why that outbreak occurred. And Jade's got some, some intel as well, as well as I do. But basically, the, the reason that it occurred is that instead of hiring proper police officers and, mil- yep. and military to, do, to protect and enforce a lockdown, they hired security guards. And it was it's purely a cost-saving measure. Mm. Um, a Victorian governments have never been fantastic at, at budgeting. And they chose costs and budgeting over people's lives. And this is a government that's meant to, meant to represent the, the left. Yeah. And I get frustrated because the people that vote for him and support him don't keep these people accountable. Mm. You know, we've got athletes who are millionaires, who have zero education, who don't impact society at all other than themselves and maybe one or two other people when they have an incident mm. and they're held to a higher standard. Yeah. And it frustrates me. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that the, it's the, the party that's on the left that's sort of been at the helm of it all as well because typically the more the right-wing way of going about things would be to be a bit more in favour of private business mm-hmm. running with certain responsibilities rather than publicly mm. funded what was like resources? So, yeah. yeah. What was I think you told me early on that there was an early on within the first two days. Health officials yeah, actually. So there was an article. I think um, it might have been ABC or Sky News or one of those that I saw an article that they published that said. Um, so there's a few of like those government um, 
groups that were like in charge of managing the whole hotel quarantine program and i think it was i can't remember which department but a government department department. yeah health department had emailed dhhs which is like the department of health and housing or something like that and within the first 48 hours of the and said hey these private security guards so these were emails that were leaked yeah these private security guards are not working out yeah we need proper police on the ground and it was sent to dhhs and emergency services victoria um and the article said that that information had been passed through this guy's office the premier's office and mm. nothing had been done about it so whether he actually, whether it went across his desk, I don't know. I guess that's that's well, probably debatable. This but isn't the fact is it was identified yeah. from a very early stage, and no one acted on yeah. that. Like clearly, somewhere there's a breakdown of bureaucratic yeah. process. And yeah, where does uh, the accountability I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a breakdown. I think they made a clear decision to try and save money. Mm. I'm not sure why they thought Rye, the security guard, could enforce me staying in a in a bloody hotel room for 14 days. It's really hard. Yeah. As opposed to Constable Rye, who actually has some authority to be like, excuse me, sir, get the fuck back in your room. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to listen to security. I'm going to be like, hey, bro, I'm going to go downstairs for a bit because I need yeah. a smoke and or can whatever. I, can I borrow your lighter? I think that was yeah. one of the things that they <laughs> yeah. mentioned. I'll be back. Or oh, I'm on Tinder. I've got a chick coming up, let her in. Yeah. And there were reports as well of the security <laughs> guards sleeping. Yeah. With the people yeah. in quarantine. Well, when you're there yeah, 24-7, proximity, proximity with men, if you're a chick... If you, and you want to get laid and you like a guy at the office, just spend a lot of time with them. Eventually, they'll bang you. Denny. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Combination of hormones and boredom. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I can't remember the article. Let's see if I, I can find it. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it online. Um, the, it was actually from The Age. So, mm. on theage.com. Um, what the article says. So, this is reading from the article. When the, when the Victorian government decided in late March to put private security contractors in charge of hotel quarantine in Melbourne... It was putting the lives of its constituents in the hands of an industry known for shady operators, wage theft, and opaque contracting practices. So basically confirmed that security industry is a bit dodgy, Mm. but yet they put these people in charge. The lightning decision was made during the first alarming spread of COVID-19, and just 24 hours after the National Cabinet Cabinet on March 27 had decided to detain returning travellers in hotels for two weeks. From then on, three private security operators selected without tender would mm. guard the people at the highest risk carrying the coronavirus. And I get frustrated with people, okay? Dan Andrews is just a man. He should be held accountable. But general society and people starting a hashtag, I stand with Dan, mm. it just, it just, I don't understand how they can support someone when it's super incompetent. It's a massive issue. And yes, it's impacted Victoria and then in lockdown now, but it's impacted the whole of Australia. Everyone in Australia now is on edge. New South Wales very likely will possibly go into lockdown in the next two to four weeks. Feels like we're on the edge, yeah. Yeah. And it's not just them. He's impacted because he's tried the cost cut. cut. And further to that, there's... I haven't been able to confirm this, but there was some intel that the decision to hire private security firms, and they're not security firms, they're security guards, mm. okay? They work at Westfield and shit. To hire these people was actually because they had pressure, external pressure, from unions. Yeah. Wow. Now, if anyone knows Dan Andrews and the Labor government, particularly in Victoria, they're heavily 
heavily funded and associated to those unions. Yeah. So that seems plausible. I don't, I can't, it's, it's just the, it's not speculation. Yes. Still. Yeah. yeah. It's speculation. I don't have an article from the age confirming that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just so, doesn't make him. See, I don't have a problem with them, with people saying like, I stand with Dan. Yeah, like some neither. people are super loyal. If that's their choice, that's their choice. Yeah. Like that doesn't make me upset. What does make me, it doesn't make me upset, but I, I guess I don't understand people who think in this manner is that with, even with, so this is now merging into a different topic, the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. So that, the first, one of the first like really big crowds um, was, hmm. in, was in Sydney. And a lot of, I guess what you would consider to be lefties, we're like, we're going to go on people, protest. I wouldn't say lefties, just people that are passionate about it, okay? Right. Okay, people that are up. passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. Let's go and protest. Now, those, I know quite a few mm-hmm. people who are like, I'm going to go protest, I'm going to go protest. And now that Victoria's in a lockdown and New South Wales is potentially looking to be in a lockdown, they're like, no, everyone should be locked up in their house they no one should be outside xyz but then on monday when there was another protest they're like oh yeah i'm gonna protest and i'm like okay but hang on you you're you've just been campaigning for the last four weeks that we should all be masks masks, lockdown we should be in our house but yet you still want to go on so like pick one thing (laughs) like to me that is the frustrating part because like you can't just pick your argument. Oh, no, no, you, you can, you know but, I mean? but this is what they do. And even for me, dealing with so many different people, right? And I think this is a big point for you this evening. I know you want to get this, mm. have a discussion about the accountability factor. I have so many people saying, as a business owner, you know, are you doing this? Are you doing this? And I'm like, what you're asking me, we've actually been doing for the last eight weeks and even before that. So, yes, I'm doing all that. What are you doing to keep us all safe? Have you downloaded the COVID Safe app? That's the least you could do. Are you doing that? No. Well, you know what? I don't like the hypocrisy. Get away from me. Mm. If you're not willing to do anything, and how can you try and enforce stuff onto me? Then you won't even do your part. So, sorry, what were people expecting of you? What, what, what are you supposed to deliver it's for them? Just all the health and safety measures, which yeah. is a fair call, but I also want you to do the right thing as well. Yeah. And don't say to me like you're not downloading COVID safe app because of privacy. Because hmm. we know Facebook and Instagram are evil. They have so much data on you. They know what you're thinking before you think it. Yeah. To say that you're not having that app, which is meant to actually help the community stay safer. Yeah. And then you're putting pressure on other people to wear masks and do all this bullshit, but you're not even having something simple as an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. And then you go protest. And then you ask for the lockdown. And then you, when you go into lockdown after day two, you're crying about it. These people just want attention. And it frustrates Yeah, it's very me. narcissistic, very yeah. hypocritical. Um, but yeah, like, I know that's, uh, the accountability is a big issue for you. But, mm. but like, I can also, that example that you talked about with the, the gym and enforcing on you that you should be the one that upholds everything in the health and safety. Yeah, that's fair enough. But well, we do. It's our responsibility. In your, in your example, if there was to be an outbreak at one of your vision franchises, mm-hmm. what's going to cause that would be someone coming into the gym with some mild symptoms, not disclosing it to their trainer. Mm-hmm. Not getting tested, not self-isolating, mm-hmm. and the buck would have stopped with them. No, no amount of you spraying, wiping down all the equipment is going to stop them causing that outbreak in the gym. That is an amazing point. It all comes back to us 
being good people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and actually contributing to society. Yeah. People don't want to do that. I actually heard That's a today, great point, right? Yeah. And I actually <laughs> heard today um, the National Press Club, they had like a thing. I don't know if it was held today, but it was on the TV today. And they were saying, and again, I'm not so sure how accurate this is, but they were saying that the um, apparently or soon to be, I don't know if it's in effect now or if it's going to be in effect, but basically if someone gets test positive to COVID and they've been to work at least one day in the last three weeks, the government is, or the health authorities are going to automatically assume that you caught COVID at your workplace. Mm. And so where, and so your entire business wherever that is, will be shut down. It was a national press club for small for small business, the yeah, small business yeah. industry. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that is so scary. Mm. Like, you know, it, that would be like me getting COVID yeah. and then, okay, yeah. the whole university has to, sh- or that whole department has to shut down. I think down. this is stemming from a lot of people doing the wrong thing. So in Victoria, they're saying there's a lot of people that are still going to work mm. having... They've got tested. Yeah. They're waiting 72 I hours heard about for results. This. But they're still, still showing up in the office and then they'll test positive and then before you know it, they're so, spread it yeah. to six, seven other like people. Just to clarify, they get their tests. Once you get the test, you have to, you're meant to isolate until you get your results back. Yeah. We had one of our guys do yeah. it a couple of weeks ago. I got tested a few weeks yeah. ago and I didn't come to the gym for about five, four or five days. It's crazy, yeah. man. It I could have. You wouldn't have known that I got tested. Yeah. No, I disclosed it to you guys. Yeah. So the buck sort of stops with... It's, it's, and, it's, and, and it's, the, it's just self-accountability. Yeah. And the disclosure as well, funnily enough, I have heard people saying, well, so for example, at my workplace, like people are like, well, if I do go and get a COVID test, do I have to disclose it to my manager? Like, do I actually have to? Like wow. from, a, from an HR perspective, and the university is kind of like, well, that would be ideal. Yes, like mm. we would like to know, but do people really have to disclose that information? Yeah, they don't. It'd be nice they if don't. you could just trust people to. Well, exactly. One of, one of the guys at the studio did go to a, a, one of the first uh, big protests a few weeks ago, um, but I've since spoken to him, and, and if and I'm not sure how legal this is to enforce, but I've asked him. I didn't say, can you? And this is happening. I said, look, man, if you do go to another protest, fine. But I need you to get a COVID test and stay away from the studio. Yeah. You know, like... Until again, you get cleared. Until yeah. you get cleared. And again, that's going to be a self-accountability thing. Because he can lie to me, like, hey, I didn't go. Mm. It comes back to yeah. the person, like, everyone who's waiting for some cure, a fucking mask, all this bullshit, it doesn't matter. If you're not doing the right thing yourself and the, and your your neighbor, your friend, your the people around us aren't doing that, it all falls apart regardless of what we have. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But, okay, beyond that, beyond the whole accountability thing, which I think we should definitely come back to, like, a broader picture. But let's say we do get it. Because, to be honest, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, Jesus, I just want to get this thing and move on with my life so that I have the antibodies or whatever it is. Yeah. Because I think... But that suits us really well. Yeah. And... (laughs) Like, yeah, I know it suits us because we're young people, we're healthy, we take care of ourselves. But, like, it has to, as Denny says, and I don't get as emotional about it as him or worked up, but it has to stop somewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, we cannot, I don't see the world living like this for another 12 to 18 months before there's a vaccine. And then grappling with convincing everyone you must get the vaccine. Well, look, this is where 
it gets deep, dark, and murky. And I won't, I won't do this on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Feel free though. <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to because it's, it's too far. Okay. And this is and, and this is when it, you start to feel there's an agenda because I feel the very first information we got out of Wuhan about the virus from the dodgy World Health Organization was probably the truth. When it wasn't that de- deadly, it wasn't that easy trans. I, I actually believe that was the, the first truth before they're like, hey, 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 no, no, we got something here. Let's fucking use this to our advantage. I just, to do what though? I don't know. But again, look. If, we, if New South Wales goes into another lockdown, that would say to me that any other measures that we do have in place don't work, nothing's effective, what the fuck's the point of reopening again? Like, there has to be a break somewhere. Mm. And we, we know coronavirus isn't that deadly. I'll give you an example. I don't know the exact figures, but in Australia, let's say the average age of death is 80. Yeah. Okay? The average age of death with regards to coronavirus is like 83 years of age. So people that are dying of coronavirus actually above the average age of death in Australia. That, that's that's a, a obviously as a broad it's a very spectrum. Rate, it's yeah. a it's, the problem with but the average there. age of death is eighty three. So problem, suggesting that it's still <laughs> the problem with this topic is you can quote a statistic that suits the narrative that you definitely can. Yeah, so agree. there's yeah, another article exactly. out there you that was saying. Can, yeah. Another article yeah, that was can. saying. I agree. Yes, coronavirus obviously impacts older people more. Yeah. But they were saying, on average, it's shortening people's life expectancy mm. by 14 to 17 years. Mm. So someone, for example... Allegedly, because it's only been around for like six months. Yeah, well, ba- based on the... <laughs> thousand, like, well, based on the, Again, allegedly. Based on the 100,000 people that have died so far, or however many yeah. it is, sadly. Well, yeah, in too some many. ways... It's almost a million, I think. I think there's been a lot yeah. of positives that have come out of this virus. I think the climate is better. We've seen air pollution get better. Let's take a page out of the, you know, we have to identify some of the positives. <laughs> and there's less preterm babies, I also heard, which is a very good thing. Um, there's going to be less, less babies people... full stop there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's less people in hospital, like, you know. Uh, there is no people in hospital. Hospitals are empty as fuck. Well, there's not no people in hospital. There is then very cannot... little people. Right, so Elective there's less. You can't off. say there's yeah. no people in hospital. That's Nurses are in there twiddling their thumbs and like, what are we going to do? Look, before, I want to get into the kind of blue stuff with you, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to clarify that, hey, I do believe in coronavirus. Yep. I will follow, follow the necessary protocols, mm. okay? However, I do not believe in shutting down a whole society for, for something that maybe may kill 1%. I'll take my risks. Yep. I think, again, it comes back to the individual making the right decisions and choices for themselves. I should have the right to choose if I want to go out and risk my health. Every day we do that anyway. Mm. Air pollution was a big issue. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, all we'd be hearing about is how deadly the flu is this season. Okay? <laughs> is that not the truth? Yeah. And if, you, and if you're watching the news, like, to watch the news commercials without noise, and you just see the words and the imagery that they use, it's just designed to scare the shit out of us. Yeah. And, and you think, oh, no, that, you're just talking shit now. News media prior to the coronavirus, all the talk around the news media was the decline of news, traditional news media. A news media, newspapers, TV, all that stuff was going down. That was a lot of talk about the the, the traditional choose, uh, news media. Mm. They've got an agenda as well to push this story because people watch and people buy. So it's not as cut and dry as people think. And yep. yes, you can you can create any kind of narrative you want. I agree to that. Yeah, I can create a narrative that coronavirus doesn't exist if I really want to. It's all about the pedophilia cycle. 
and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah, you that's can go, pretty deep. <laughs> you, you can go. You can. That's create, a bit far fetched. It definitely is, been. but you can create these narratives, and I agree. But it comes back to people being accountable, and unfortunately, in our society, which is something you want to think about, all we hear about is how bad shit is, and and all this kind of stuff. And I think you want to talk a bit more about yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I basically had a basic question for both of you guys, and that's one of the things I wanted to touch on today. And that was if I had to ask both of you, in all of human history, which is now about 200,000 years, if you had to be born a human being in any period in that history, what would you choose? Probably two years ago, before coronavirus. Okay, so <laughs> asking the question today, Mick. But so if, you choose to be born in 2018? Oh, born. Oh. Let's just say a period to be in the prime of your life. So let, let's look at 30-year blocks. So would you rather be... In the prime of your life in the period from 1990 to 2020 mm-hmm. or some previous point in human history and then i'll run through some I've, statistics you know what's really interesting about that question i've actually thought about this and i think every era when you're at the forefront of that era you think this is the best life has been mm. yeah like in the 1920s when they had a fridge or when the first fridge was in that would be like this is living mm. can you believe we have a fridge you have a washing machine and i think they were right do you believe we have a tv at that point in time they were right. exactly right and i think at this point in time, yes, this is the best time to be alive. Modern medicine's amazing. We're living longer. Like, let's talk about let's talk about the economy for a second. Economy is fucked. We agree, yeah. Well, it's not in great shape. Yeah. yeah. But so relative let, to let, but let's talk about the, the 1920s depression. Let's yeah. we can see how far society has come. Yeah. In 19 in the 1920 Great Depression, people went line up for checks from fucking Centrelink yep. to maintain their lifestyle and their Netflix and their Uber Eats. They are literally lining up to get bread. Yeah. People were scavenging in bins during that time to get food. Yep. Fast track 100 years, we're in a very similar situation. People are not looking for food. You know what's funny? Poverty. We're, we're, we're just looking to be entertained. Poverty it's crazy. Mm. Poverty now is associated with getting too many calories. Correct. With being obese. Correct. That's mm. a better problem. And no internet. It's a better problem to have than famine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, I wanted to run you guys through this TED talk that I saw recently yeah, from a, um, a guy called Stephen Pinker. And you, you may have seen him on a... Um, Joe Rogan podcast a couple of years ago. He's an evolutionary psychologist. Definitely would watch and it. And he came out on a, on a TED talk and he basically, he sort of called out the, the socialist progressives in our society. Mm-hmm. Because if you hear the narrative that they put out there at the moment, they, they would make you feel that based on your identity, your race, religion, sexuality, this or that, gender, that you're more unsafe, that you're more impoverished, that you're oppressed by other people in society. Mm-hmm. They tend to throw around phrases like, the system is broken, the system fails us, the system is enslaving us, and all this sort of really negative sort of connotation language around the world that we live in. And then it's funny, they call themselves socialist progressives, but they are completely ignorant of all the progress that's actually been made in human history. So coming back to what I was saying before, humans have been around for 200,000 years. The medieval age was about 500 years ago. That means ninety nine point seven percent. Ninety nine point seven percent of human history happened before medieval times. Whoa! Back in medieval That's nuts, times, man. back in medieval times, one third of children were dead before the age of five. Yeah. Wow! In the richest countries yeah. on, in the world. Yeah. Today, in the poorest countries in the world, the the death rate of kids dying before the age of five is less than six yeah. percent. In the poorest countries, that's how much we've come in in zero point three percent of the la- of the last period of human history. Yeah. And if I run through some more statistics, it's just, even if you compare to the mid-80s where people might get nostalgic and think, oh, mm. we've got so much terrorism and um, 
disease. They just think about cocaine and disco, man. Maybe. Or, <laughs> like the, the, the statistics don't lie. So back in 2017, there was 12 wars happening in the world. and 10%, 12 wars? 12, uh, yeah. So some sort of war between two or more countries. Oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that many. Yeah. But in 1988, there was 23 wars happening. Amongst various countries. Yeah, in that big war too, you had the Balkans, I think, at that time. Yeah. It's a horrible time in that time. England, that that was like a really full on war, the Balkans. Northern Ireland, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, Northern Ireland. Yeah, Yeah, forget about that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2017, there were 60 dictatorships in the world. Which year? 2017. Yeah. In 1988, there was 85 dictatorships. Okay. So we've dropped that by a quarter. But here's a big one 10% of the world was in extreme poverty. So true famine. Yeah. Mm. Back in 1988. Sorry, in 1988, it was 37%. Whoa. So we brought that from 37% to 10% mm. in the last 30 years. So, I mean... But what about the 10%, right? How dare you? Yeah, but, <laughs> Do they not matter? But the, yeah, so how the, dare you? People ignore how much progress we've made in the right direction, and then they, they call out our society as being somehow broken. I mean... I'd love to be a dictator. I mean, Danny! I'd love it. I'd be the best dictator. Would you? I'd be amazing. Tell me the first thing you would do if you I were a dictator. I would rule my people. Yeah, with how? With fist. That's what people need. How? People love dictators for a while. I disagree. But then aren't you supporting China? China's different. It's they, the same. They're communists. I'll I be think she, I think same thing. No, no, I'd be a dictator. Same Hold thing. on. Let me answer. You Let me answer. Day in, day history. out. China this, China that, China this, China that. And then you're going to say, I would love to be a dictator. China. Then. Why are you beating up China on China's guy? system is communism and you got to share shit. I'm a dictator. All I'm saying, I'll keep everything. Let's, let's say it's, I'm going to show you. Would you really? Yeah. I'll take, the only thing I'll take away is parking fines. I, I call bullshit fines. on that one. Yeah. What do you think I would do? I don't want to. Ch- I, 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 I think you I would truly be like, love our country. hey, John, you did a really shit job at XYZ. <laughs> you and your family aren't yeah. getting... What's that quote about absolute Wait, power corrupting? Hold on, hold on, that's true. Let me answer this. I would. I love Australia. I think Australia is probably one of the most balanced socialist capitalism systems in the world. I wouldn't want it to see it change too much more than what it is. Yeah. So as a dictator, my role would simply be to maintain that and to keep it going in the right direction without people messing around. That would be my job. Yeah, but the way you roast that dictatorship would have been to somehow... And democracy in no, the exactly. I would have ensured that I got there in the proper means. Ah. Uh, Which so you need twenty five million people to basically the pe- the just pe- love you the, and no one The else. people would want me. Trust yeah. me. I personally. Do you not love me, Dave? I do love. That's you, one, right? I would not vote for you. What? <laughs> 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 Hold on, as a dictator, I don't need your vote. I just need your, your approval. If you do become that dictator, well, I hope I'll be looked after for the, of course the you will. for the two podcasts that I've. Every I've Australian got. would. There'll be no parking fines. And you know I what? Want to be oh right. my god, let me tell you, this guy. <laughs> Hold on, wait, can I just say can, one can thing? Can I be Minister for Finance in this? 100%. In this I'll give everyone jobs. <laughs> awesome. Can I say one thing? What if every Australian just refused to go for a corona test? Does corona disappear because there's no numbers anymore? Yeah, but now you're sounding like when Trump says, oh, we've got higher cases because we've I'm got I'm not more saying testing. that. That was the most ridiculous thing. Someone else said that recently, by the way. Mm. Um. Uh, I think then Andrews actually said some shit like that. I think, yeah, I think then Andrews I came mean, out and said some shit like that even, too. Even if no one got tested, you would see in the statistics this spike in the rate of people dying compared to what's normal for that. I, I know, but let's just say as a society, we're like, you know what? We're not going to get tested. That way you can't lock us down. 
Because one of the reasons why they're going to lock New South Wales down is that they're expecting a spike in cases. It's the 30th of July, so if it happens. And if that spike happens, they're going to lock us down. Now, if, no one just, if everyone just goes, you know what, I'm not getting fucking tested. What happens to the coronavirus? Well, what's going to happen? You know what, I think it's It'll run wrong. through the state and you will see ICU in every hospital. Maybe. Just gonna yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. That's what they threatened before. Probably. Then That's what they threatened like, before, and it didn't happen. Happened in Italy. We've seen cases. Cases. Have you happening. seen? Have That's you? True. Hold on. Have you, in have you seen some of the footage in Italy? The early footage from coming from Italy. It looked fake. It looked oh. too dramatic to me. Some of those hospital scenes. I was like, this is over the top. There is no way. That's a lot of they, work. To go they had the bubble them. helmets on. Remember the bubble helmets? Yeah. <sighs> it looked a bit dodgy to me. Oh, now we're getting pure conspiracy. Yeah, we are. But anyway. My bottom line from what I've seen before is just of all the time periods in history. Can you actually repeat those stats? Because I probably took the conversation uh, away. So we we t- uh, so life expectancy mm-hmm. in so we said human history has been two hundred thousand years. Yep. For almost all of that period, the life expectancy was about thirty years. So you and I would most likely yeah. be dead at this point in time. Jay would not have much time left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the worldwide life expectancy is seventy. Yeah. In developed countries, it's basically 80. Yeah. We've two and a half times the life of what we had mm. 500 years ago. And every... And it's a good life every, too. It's, yeah. It's not a hard life. We're not out there doing manual labor. Yeah. Like, and just... Well, this is I think thing. we need to we're, slow that down, by the way. We're not just, we're not just surviving, I guess, because people still do manual labor. We complain, about how hard our, we complain about how hard our working lives are. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. A lot of people, we work pretty hard, but in the 18th century... The average working week was 60 hours, mm. wow. if not more. Yeah. We talk about, oh, the, the, the 40 hours, 9 to 5. Yeah. Some people work a 50 or 60 hour week, like, yeah. God, I'm working so hard. And they probably are. But that yeah. was that was the norm back yeah. then. Well, you also got Karen in HR making sure everyone's okay. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but then even away from what they're doing for their employment, the amount of time people spend on housework... Back in the 18th century, it was about mm. 60 hours a week. We've brought that down to 15 hours a wow. week on average. So we complain about not having enough time. We've actually created more leisure time in our lives in the yeah. last 30 yeah, years I agree. than any time in history. I, I, so if, if my bottom line is this. If you're in a st- situation in your life where you, you think that you're at a dead end or you're not happy or things haven't worked out for you, I can probably inter- interrogate you with enough questions to realize where it was your own individual choices along the mm. way that got you there. Mm. Rather than something to do with your identity or being oppressed or some disadvantage that you had that you couldn't control. And there's never been an easier time to retrain yourself or try and get new skills or use that leisure that leisure time that you have that mm. your ancestors 200 years ago did not have. Preaching, man, yeah. You can now use that to make something of yourself. So mm. what's your a... excuse? Sit around on your Instagram and browse through all day, I, I, all I, evening, I sitting on the couch, feeling depressed. I have a lot of social, like, just lay time. I know mm. that. You know, and I know a lot of my, my friends do. My dad does. My family, like, you know, you probably don't, JD. I know you work quite hard, but I mean, for the most part, we still we still have a few hours to ourselves each day where we can just really chill, and we go to bed early. Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I guess my point's more like you're in a pretty happy stage of your life. But I'm saying if you weren't, there's a lot of free hours in your day yeah. that you can invest to yeah. doing something about yeah. it. Yeah, no excuses. So that's where the accountability comes and in. That's definitely where I sort of um, struggle to to stay with the left side of politics, especially the, the far left. Yeah, me too. But I don't think that's political. It's not political, that's what I was about to say. It's okay. not political. 
I struggle with the ideolo- ideology because I find them to be the people that complain that that everything I can't do this. I'm struggling. I need this. I want this. I need this. Man, and you can be, you can play the victim card in almost everywhere. Thank you. A, I could frame a, a narrative point. for all three of us at the table. Yeah using a far left way of thinking that would make us all seem like we've been hard done by. Mm. So I'll start with you. So you're son of immigrants, I can say that's a disadvantage. Definitely. You, you said your parents had you when they're relatively young, compared Teenagers. to normal. Te- teenage parents, that's a disadvantage. Big time. They didn't finish high school either. So parents didn't get as mm-hmm. educated as other people's parents, that's a mm-hmm. disadvantage. All of a sudden, I've given you a, some decent fuel that you can use to say, the system's failed me. Mm-hmm. I'm disadvantaged. I, Definitely. If I don't get to where I want to be, these are the things I can blame. Yeah. That doesn't focus on all the other opportunities you did have. Parents that loved you, supported you, a friend a friend circle that's helped you along the way. All the other aspects in your life that were really positive and opportunistic. But I can mm. focus on different areas that make you look like you're yeah. one of the disadvantaged, oppressed people. I'm going to do the same for Jade. You're, <laughs> you're a daughter of immigrant parents too. Mm-hmm. Maybe you uh, you had one. Your mother was single mother. Single mother. That's a disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. You had to transfer between lots of schools. That's a disadvantage. Yeah. But instead, we can focus on the fact that you had a lot of opportunity in Australia mm-hmm. in your time here, and you built a lot of resilience through that mm-hmm. that that period of moving around schools and and maybe that hardwired you in a way that gives you an advantage compared to other people that yeah. just stayed in one school their whole life. So you can kind of look at it from both sides. Yeah. And one approach is taking an individual responsibility and the other is finding some sort of identity-based reason why you can justify falling behind and not being happy or where you want. But I don't think, I think as well though that people on the left don't see it as falling behind. I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong because I know nothing about politics, but my understanding is that their ideology is that it's not that they're left behind, but it's that they should get a piece of that pie too. Yeah, for free. So, right, for free. So everyone should be able to do what they want in life, yeah. what they want, not yeah. what they have to do Yeah. to be competitive. Um, and, and so because of that, everyone should have, it should be like a level yeah. playing field. Rather than having equal opportunity, which is a good thing to aim for, mm. they just want the outcome to be equal. So no matter what people right. do, yeah. no matter what people do, the outcome, the way that, the same. that that cake needs to be shared a third, a third, a third amongst yeah. the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you worked five times as hard as Denny and I right. and achieved five times as much yeah. would. and top the class, as she probably would. Yeah. I'll definitely, the, I'd be yeah. skimming off both of you hard. Yeah. <laughs> I would, if, if it came back to what I could but earn, then you, yeah. I'd be earning 10% of that cake <laughs> and getting a third. Right. So. But then that's when you say, I'm the son of teenage parents who are immigrants right. I deserve more and I'll and that's, say that's my card I'm right. the son of Indian parents and I didn't know a word of English yeah. at the age of three when yeah. I came to this country therefore give me some of that too yeah. I can look at my upbringing and find all these areas where on paper you could claim it's disadvantage but that would also be in a way lying because I know all the ways that I was privileged but and had a lot of opportunity I don't understand it man because I just feel like some of this stuff is just so practical and logical and I don't understand how people can think those ways I, I, I really struggle and I've been trying a lot harder recently and it's part of the reason I didn't do a podcast I've been trying really hard to understand it and understand that side and sometimes when I do and like recently I had a conversation with someone and I kind of understood that some of the posts that I was doing on Instagram were probably just as bad as the extreme left because they were probably a bit more extreme right mm. and I can understand that 
but I still don't understand so much shit that these people like get upset about yeah and talk about and want you know like I it's just too much for me like my brain just melts down I just want to scream yeah I don't know exactly how they want <laughs> life to be the, how to shape the world to achieve this absolute equal outcome for all the only way you can it do can't it can't exist and like, where do you draw the line so well, I can say I'm a person of colour you're you're Ethnic. Greek you're Jamaican like what if you start cutting like chopping us down based on our identities where do you draw you the never, line but, but if you do that I don't think anything's going to ever like, change do you do about nationality and then yeah. gender and then within that but do I don't think it's about I, I don't think it's about identity though I don't I think, think a lot of politics is about identity now. It's, I, but that's the issue. I think that's an emerging area of politics, Mm-mm. but I don't think... I think it's way bigger. If that's what you feel, there must be a lot of people that feel your way as well. Yeah, right? I think in the last 10 years, it's I think identity politics off. is massive. I think it's a huge issue. Like even when I come back to the Dan Andrew stuff, mm. people aren't thinking. They're just like, that's my side. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, it's all collectivism now. It's, yeah. These people are meant to represent us. You know, if they fuck up, we're meant to hold them accountable. And it's not happening because, no, 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 it's okay, it's on my side. So we'll let it slide. Mm. You know, whereas for me, like, let's go back many months ago now, the bushfires. Mm. I, you know, like, I spoke to you, I was like, babe, I don't know. I, 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 I said, I can't vote for this guy again during the bushfires. You remember that? Scott Morrison. Yeah, I was yeah. like, he's done. He mm. fucked this, I can't vote for him yeah. again. It took a catastrophe, a worldwide scale for me to be like, maybe he's doing okay now. Yeah. You know, that's what it took to get me back. Yeah. But I'm someone who's really trying to open up my mind and be much... I'm trying as, as hard as I can. Trying to I, think, you're trying to think as an individual and reason and come to logical conclusions, yeah. not just point to some group over there and say, I'm going to stand it's very hard amongst though. them and just believe the same thing without... It's so hard. But even like when it comes back to the economy, so when all this stuff kicked off and part of the reason why people will be like locked down... They'd be like, oh, what about people? You know, the economy's not everything. What about people? And I understand that argument. People are very important. And one life is a life too many. Okay? Yeah. Like it's sad. If my wife died or you died, I'd be super fucking sad about that. And that would yeah. hurt me a lot. Yeah. However, so many things revolve around the economy. People that want their Centrelink checks. People that want public schools funded. They want hospitals funded. They want nurses paid. They want police paid. They want fire, they want fire brigades. They want fire marshals. You know, like... That stuff has to get paid from somewhere. And unfortunately, the longer we continue down this path, it, it, it can't sustain itself at the level that it is. Like if you're someone who thinks that you can borrow money forever, you're wrong. Because mm. that debt's going to come in and we're all going to cop it. Like, the economy isn't everything, but it kind of is as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, and I don't say that from a business point of view, I just say that from a life point of view. Everything revolves around the economy. Yeah. So, and people dream of this utopia where everything's big, go- big governments funding everything yeah. and at the same time somehow you're going to be taxed less in the but process. But let's talk about it. I think we're in a very fortunate position in Australia. Where I think we've got a really good balance Where here. government is funding everything. They fund our public schools. They fund our hospitals. They fund our public transport. Like, yeah. yes, we've got to pay, but they build it all. Yeah. There's, there's many countries in the world, if you're talking about third world countries and second tier nations that don't have good public transport or any public transport. Yeah. You know, like, like you know me, I'm not a big. I was arguing against socialism on the the last podcast, but I you're know arguing for communism. Let's be honest. But, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> but even I'm willing to know, like, or agree that at some point there needs to be balance, and certain things are better off government funded. I agree. And so I'm a big believer in, like, 
what creates this event? What creates some people getting further ahead than others? To me, the biggest driver of that is early childhood. So the the more equal the education experience you can give to kids at a young age, mm. the less likely down the track they can point to some disadvantage in their upbringing as the reason for for not getting ahead. Yeah. And this is actually something Bernie Sanders yeah. put forward in, in the States. So I'm not a and, full and let's, let's, capitalist let's, let's, on let's, talk, let's go down the future trajectory here. Let's say we go back into lockdown because these crazy people want it, okay? Econom- economy stays messed up for, for a much longer time. A public school is going to be able to sustain the same amount of funding Yes or no? I don't know. I no, because they have to get money to sustain it, right? Mm. So public schools will eventually drop off. Now, if this continues, the, the degradation of public schools will continue. Okay? Well, education will probably be the last thing to go. Maybe. So Maybe. start with like transport or something. Maybe. Like no, no, I'll talk about education because education will deteriorate pretty quick. You can't maintain those standards. You can't mm. keep borrowing money just to maintain it. It's going to mm. get cut. Now, what happens when public education gets cut? The people that rely on public education that can't afford private schooling start falling behind. The people that do have money and can go private schooling are just going to be way further ahead. If you think the difference between private schooling and public education is different now, if this continues and we go into another lockdown, they're going to have they they would redo the budgets. They yeah, will, they the, would redo funding. The kids of the wealthy will get further ahead. Yeah, and the rich get richer. Yeah. So those of you who are calling for a shutdown. You're basically enabling wealthy people to to get further ahead right now, yep. giving them another step advantage. Because all wealthy people do, they have capital. When things are down, they just buy shit, man. Yeah, well, that's why they get wealthier. Look at the they got the capital to do it. So the longer it's down, the cheaper it is for them to do this, and it takes the opportunities away from the average Joe Blow, me and you. Well, look at the the, the stock market in the U.S. So kicking ass. People, no one can buy into it. People get really offended by the fact that the American stock markets rallied so hard. Obviously, there was a 40% drop on the back of yeah. the pandemic coming out, mm. but it's almost recovered all of those losses. And yeah. by the end of the year, perhaps it'll even be wow. ahead with all the um, central bank stimulus mm-hmm. and stuff. $400 trillion. What that. people fail to realize is... $4 trillion, sorry. Like when you talk about the S&P 500 index or the S&P 100 or the Dow Jones, you're talking about the top 50 or 100 biggest companies in America. So with this pandemic, with all small businesses being forced to shut down, yeah. Which are the businesses that are more likely to come through the other side and have enough capital to see them through this period of extreme cash flow stress? It's the larger corporations. Mm. So they come out of this down the track, probably with more market share and further ahead. That's why you see Amazon share price flying at the moment. I was going to try and find the... Keep going, baby. I was going to try and find a, 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 a stat about Jeff Bezos. Here we go. So, Jeff Bezos added a record... Now, this is from about two weeks ago, I think. 23rd of July, I took it. Jeff Bezos added a record $13 billion in a single day, raising his fortune to $189.3 yeah. billion. In one day, he added $13 billion. Well, he's got plenty of shares in his own company, which is now the biggest business in the world. So Yeah. But again, small businesses getting shut down and closed down yeah. is going to help these bigger businesses succeed. Well, some of these, some, some of these smaller businesses might say, oh, the only way I can stay viable now is to try and team up with Amazon Marketplace and... Yeah sell stuff through that channel. So the influence of those bigger corporations only grows. But, but to your point on the public funding, yeah, eventually, I mean, the way that you fund these deficits at the moment is, we talked about bonds last time. Yeah. So Australian government's selling bonds like crazy at the mm-hmm. moment. That's how they're gonna fund this deficit because yeah. clearly people's incomes have dropped. Taxation revenue is gonna drop. 
mm-hmm. government spending has gone through the roof. The only way you make up that gap to actually have the money to put into all these programs is by selling these bonds to investors all over the world mm-hmm. to, to raise the funding for these programs. But and the, the, the reason Australia can do that is we've got this AAA credit rating Still, at the moment. For now. As you keep issuing more and more debt, just the cost of servicing those bonds and the, the ongoing interest, we're lucky the interest rates are so low. Yeah, that's what it makes it easier to service. But eventually your credit rating comes under pressure because there's no pathway down the track of the economy generating enough wealth to be taxed mm-hmm. to service that debt. Well, basically what they're hoping for is... Or you need to tax the hell out of the people. They're hoping for low interest rates for probably the, at least next 10 to 20 years to get this back. I'm assuming. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I think we'll see it. Maybe. Yeah, I think these zero interest rates probably... That'll be our way of life. For, that'll truly be our new normal. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm not sure if I agree. Like consumer prices in Australia just dropped apparently in, in the most recent stats. So the way interest rates are set by the central bank is to try and achieve a certain amount of price inflation. Because mm-hmm. deflation can be really dangerous because mm-hmm. at that point people, everyone just hoards onto their money because they assume everything will get cheaper yeah. in the future. Mm. And then the economy truly collapses in on itself. Yeah. So they want 1% to 2% annualised inflation at all times. At the moment it's minus 1.5% yeah. annualised. That's huge. So that's huge. Minus one and a half is huge. There's 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 no economic indicator that would suggest the RBA can raise that cash rate anytime soon. Mm. If anything, that's twenty zero point two five percent. It could go to minus or what they're doing now is they're basically lending money to banks for a longer tenor at super cheap rates. Yeah. I mean you might see in the mortgage market now the banks are offering yeah. three year fixed rate loans at one point nine percent. Mm-hmm. That's because the banks are able to borrow for a lo- longer tenor from the Reserve Bank. Yeah. So their cost of funds over a longer period of time mm. has been, it's sort of been flattened this way. So before it was just the overnight interest rate was 0.25%. Now the bank's long-term wow. cost of borrowing is 0.25%. So then they can then pass that on in terms of much cheaper and basically mortgage pricing. For, any, for anyone listening, if, if you ever wondered, that means now is the time to buy a bloody home. Like... Everyone out there who's been complaining and wanting housing to be cheaper, A, get over yourself, just mm. work out how to do it. But B, this is your opportunity because this is your... F- housing might go down a little bit, but basically it's going to flatline. And this is your opportunity to get in the market. So don't keep complaining about it. Speak to someone, work it out. Now is your opportunity to buy. You know, like we know a couple of people who recently have bought as well. Yeah. yeah. Now is your opportunity to buy. The market is probably declined at worst and yeah. probably just flatline most I'm going to be worried about some suburbs yeah. that are a bit more high-rise apartment yeah. dependent because they rely on a lot of investors buying those apartments I think probably mm. I think the investor activity in that part of the market might be down but a little bit what about like people who because for example like in my workplace a lot of redundancies and cuts to staff costs and resources and stuff it's not going to happen this year gonna happen next year so remember how we were talking about the the loan repayment um, holidays yeah the repayment holidays and when that stops what's gonna happen yeah so i feel like in it's nothing this year is we're not gonna really see much activity this year but next year what's gonna happen to those suburbs where you have majority of the families in those suburbs not being able to this is why i I actually disagree a little bit with what denny just said i think you're gonna these low interest rates are here to stay, so you should definitely keep your eye on that market mm. and understand how cheap you can get a mortgage right now. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of stimulus that's holding the, 
property market together at the right. moment. There's a lot of, there's, you know, five to 10% of people with a mortgage currently have one of these loan repayment holidays. And how many of them are going to get back into a situation where their employment's returned mm. to where it was? Mm. Maybe if you're a Qantas employee, you probably don't have a job anymore, depending on what area yeah, of the business exactly. you work in. So yeah. if you accept that there's going to be a higher unemployment rate at the end of this pandemic period, this, yeah, and eventually those loan repayment holidays will not be able to be extended any further, mm. I am worried that you will see not so much this year, but next year as those repayment holiday periods end, that's when people might be forced to go into arrears on their mortgage and then realize this isn't going to work. I can't get out of this. I need to sell the property. Yeah. And that's why you might then yeah. see a spark of property coming ref- onto I, the market. I do remember you actually saying that's a, that's a really valid point yeah. too, man. I do remember you saying that. But that could be a real sweet spot next year. Like, mm. I feel yeah. bad saying it because it's probably going to be capitalizing on a lot of other people's I mean, hardships who are forced their, to sell. Yeah. But yeah. You and I. <laughs> but if you're in a... <laughs> If you're in a state where you've got a good amount of capital, you can lay down the deposit and both your your income's strong or you're in a partnership mm. where you and your significant other's incomes I'm sure we'll hear about we're evil too for doing that. Maybe, for taking advantage of a situation. Yeah. Look, I think... Oh, that's nonsense. But the thing is, for, for, for me, like, when people talk about socialism, Marxism, all this kind of shit, my, my attitude to it all, whatever system you put me in, I'm going to do my best to make the most of it. Yeah. Now, that's why I don't really buy into the, the whole political thing. You know if I was in, like, I know in different situations it's harder. I get that. And so I'm not, not going to have the same opportunity. I understand. But whatever system I'm going to be put in, yeah. like, if, if I was a communist, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be the best communist I could be. Like, I know that about myself. I would just get in line and I'd do whatever it takes to, <laughs> to, to serve my needs. I know I'll do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the thing for me. Like, I, people complain about the system. This is the system we're in. How about you just learn to maximize? But this is why I was quoting those stats before. This system has given you so much in the last thirty years. You are so fortunate to actually have the chance to have been alive in this most recent thirty-year mm-hmm. period in history. To reap the benefits of that system, to yeah. have those, to to be able to have um, the doll and and things like, the, like the, the system has yeah. created some of that as well. Clearly, yeah, the ability to totally. do that. Yeah. This is my and frustration. Think, like now you have the ability to go on your log into your phone, uh, your Mac MacBook Pro to go onto your Facebook account <laughs> to put a rant about how the system's fucked us over. No. <laughs> and you're probably dressed in like Nike activewear while you're doing it. Hundred yeah. percent, man. You're, flick, you're flicking through fucking Netflix at the same time. Yeah. Like you are. You don't realize you're living and breathing. You're the flicking hypocrisy. through Netflix trying to find. Chinese or yeah. propaganda on communism and socialism why it's so good meanwhile you're funding a bloody capitalist co- corporation and you're enjoying all the <laughs> fruits of it you're mm. you're enjoying the the, mm. the the fruits of Mark Zuckerberg's work and the guys the guys who founded Netflix and yeah. all the people they had and Steve Jobs his yeah. legacy you're enjoying the the fruits of what he created these capitalists they created all this wealth for themselves because they created these products that billions of you people on the planet to, want yeah. including you that, that's one of the reasons like I don't want to get into I think we should wrap it up soon we can talk politics a bit more next time that's one of the reasons I feel like China will eventually fall behind because they don't if countries crack down on their ability to thieve intellectual property which China have been doing for the last 20 years and one of the reasons why they've advanced so fast mm. because they've been thieving intellectual property from all, all these governments and, and uh, uh, private entities I think 
the system that we're in, because it is so comfortable and it does allow us to think and allows people to have our conversation, it does allow people to protest and it does allow people to want to be socialists. It creates and fosters an environment where people can be creative. Whereas a traditional communist society or traditional socialism society kind of forces more people to conform. You have to be very uniform. And restricts their ability to create ideas. And that's why you don't see companies like Apple coming out of places like China. Yeah. You know, China's biggest company was Alibaba, which is just the rip off of eBay and Amazon. Mm. Like, fuck. He just had the market cornered in China because eBay and Amazon weren't allowed in there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like... That's a great point, man, that, that you are blessed to have a society where you're able to go online and organize a protest. Yeah. Mm. If you lived in one of those... Even during COVID restriction when no one's meant to fucking gather. Yeah, that's all another thing. Yeah, no, what's you up people, with you that? You people are very I don't fortunate. I don't get that one. But coming back to what you were saying before about no matter what the system, you'll do your best to make I'll the most I'll do my best, it. yeah. I'll be my, the best little communist. Yeah. Communist. To that, I also say, when in any time in human history has people not been organized into some form of hierarchy? Never. There's always a bottom 10%. There's always a top 10%. Always been the same. What matters is... And there always will be, by the way. Yeah. To me, what matters more is, is that bottom 10% fixed? Or, and is that top 10% fixed? The people that are in the top 10% today are not the same people that were in the top 10% 10%, 20, 25 years ago. That's so true. The fact that you can migrate through that, that is progress and and opportunity. I'm like, Brian, man, you're like on fire today, yo. Thanks, man. That is outstanding. I'm like pumped. Yeah, it's so so true. I mean, has everyone seen the Jeff Bezos image of him in 1993 or some shit? When he's at his, his scrawny, he's bold. And this like this little nerdy guy with his banner of Amazon in the background. I think it's ninety seven actually. Yeah. And and then you have the, the Jack picture of him in twenty nineteen or whatever. And just, he's just like buff and exactly. he's like, Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> but even financially, that <laughs> it's so good. He's I've seen that pictures. I've seen that picture, he's all alone in his office. His yes. office looks like shit, there's yes. books everywhere. Yeah. He's slaving away. Yeah. Average looking clothes. At that point in I his remember. life, he was probably in the, the 50, 50th percentile yeah. of Yeah, people. Maybe it was well, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It was probably middle Average. class, middle yeah. class, self-made or entrepreneur trying I, to build something. I remember Amazon. And I'm like, who the they fuck wants to order books online? Yeah, they just used to sell I have, books. I have no idea for tech though. Mm. Like, I think I've had this conversation with, with both of you. When I first introduced SMS to phones, I'm like, why would you want to text? Why don't you just call them? I, I didn't get that. And then I, that, that was like a huge thing. And then I remember my friend when he, the first Optus phones had internet on them. And I was like, what are you internet on your phone for? Like, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't get tech. I'm always behind on that one, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, like, over the course of your life, you can move up through these percentiles. Mm. And, and, and that's the journey, and yeah. We, I know millennials have a tough time, and we've had the GFC, and now we've got this coronavirus. But every generation has had something. Exactly, and yeah, right now, there's probably a lot of millennials that are in that bottom 25% of income mm. earners. But that does, but that does, there's nothing stopping them from over time transitioning. Can to... I can I make a suggestion why that could be the case? Because I find with millennials, because they do transition careers so often, yeah, that they're not really getting an opportunity to truly, truly leverage their knowledge. Like if you've been, if you've been in a corporation for five years, you're probably just getting to the point where you've got some really good knowledge where you can start leveraging yeah. your app, and you've got your network, and where you can start leveraging your app through that network to grow your salary. To become a more vital part, of yeah. a more vital cog of that organization. But if yeah. you leave, yeah, and do a completely different career change, your your ability and that information and your ability to leverage that information, that intellectual uh, property that you have, is gone. Yeah, you need to find that sweet spot there between yeah. 
exposing yourself to a lot of different yeah it's like me being and, like within the organization that i'm in i've been there for 15 years yeah i know that place so well I yeah can, i can leverage the shit, shit out of my knowledge like i've spent the last 15 years perfecting that and yeah i can leverage that knowledge now yeah so why would you want to open up a cafe now instead well ex- well this is the thing but this is what's happening to millennials is that they think it's it's like you should change but no like the way to really get ahead if you want to grow your salary is to stay put in a, in, a, in in your industry, not to set the same company, but stay in the industry, learn, grow, and leverage that information yeah. and, and that knowledge. You need to persist, and you need to. Yeah, you can't just drop out every two years. Yeah. And start something new, and to ex- expect to be earning. Yeah. X amount of hundreds of thousand dollars if you start at the bottom again. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, yeah. like when I started as a graduate, I probably earned a fraction of what I make now. Yeah. But based on what I could contribute, I reckon I was overpaid back then. Yeah. Coming out of uni, yeah. I had no ability to contribute anything. Then paying me that salary, they weren't Ooh. getting any return on that. I was definitely underpaid when I started. I was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Extremely humble too. Um, baby, do you have anything else you want to add? Well, the only thing I did want to ask is what do you guys think about them uh, hiking up the fees for the humanities and arts courses? Uh, what do you I, think that's I have a, I have a perspective on it. I think the reason they've done that is to start changing the mindset of society to make people but, become more practical as opposed to being as as philosophical and yes, you can call it more left as what's happened recently. I think it's I think it's a, it's, it's 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 more of a political change of society. But politicians themselves have benefited from those types of yeah. degrees yeah but if you go back to the so hold on but if you go like back how to, do you breed the next generation but of if you go back to leaders. the 1960s the same politicians went to university for free like the baby boomer generation went to university for free but they didn't give that to us you know like every 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 generation is going to have a different opportunity it's just not the same everyone keeps wanting what they pinpoint one thing we've got opportunities that the baby boomers definitely didn't have the amount of information that is available at your fingertips to learn, educate, and grow yourself is something that yeah. no society has That's ever true. had. I don't yeah. like the way they've gone about it, to be honest. Like, mm. I'm all about people having individual liberty to make their yeah. own choices and figure out what's best for them. Like, like I said before, if you end up in a place that you're not happy with, well, then look back and look at the choices you made along the way. And then one of those choices was you studied a Bachelor of philosophy or bachelor of ukrainian history and no one cares to hear about anything you have to say on that subject well that that's on you but there shouldn't be some sort of government intervention that makes you not want to pursue that subject mm. if, that's, if that's genuinely what is, you want to do is there government intervention or have they simply removed their subsidies on the course actually i don't know the detail in terms exactly. of that. Me neither. i, don't I think it's know. more of a case where they've reduced the subsidies on those courses to be like hey and where they've actually channeled their subsidies now is into the mathematics the STEM, stuff. Yeah, STEM Why? subjects. What's STEM stand for, Baba? Science, technology, engineering. Okay. Would you frame it that way? Then I agree. Now, if there is, is going to be now, government assistance, is, is that a bad thing? No. Right. I'm not sure how the funding stuff works. I'm, it's I, subsidies. I That's it, how they do it. They, it, yeah. they fund them. They fund There's the a big difference to a certain like, extent. Mm. Or they would have said to universities, "Hey, we're not we're not, we're not giving anymore. you fifty million to go into this university. Yeah. If people want to do it, they can." But we're going to find STEM because as a society and as a, if we want to be a leader in the modern world, we need students People who are this. educated yeah. in science, mathematics, technology, and what's the other one? Engineering. Engineering. That's, yeah. They're huge. 
That's one of the reasons why India is doing so well. And then us like, bankers can help them IPO. That'd be fantastic. Exactly right. <laughs> Money for days. No, there's a big difference between, between, and I don't know the detail, but there's a big difference between a government hiking, a, just putting a tax on a studying a certain yeah, subject. It's not a tax. Versus redistributing an existing it's, subsidy it's, from one subject to another. That I completely yeah. agree with. If they are going to provide support, then yeah, it should be the areas that we feel as a nation, we need to have more talent coming I through. I tweeted Anthony Albanese because he'd done... He, he posted something about there's only like four out of every 10 or two out of every 10, I don't know, mathematicians or engineers, something like one of the STEM subjects is women. I'm like, well, people choose those subjects. Yeah. So are you suggesting that there should be, uh, are you suggesting that women should have to do these so courses talking, now? Talking about like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. He's clearly trying to make a dick point about women, but... Even in the free like uh, what what's countries the Scandinavian countries? Yeah, this is a great example. They had equal outcome. Yeah. Where? Oh no! What they what they did is they yeah. created a framework where there was truly every possible reason to have a quality of outcome. Yeah. Was there? But so but they still gave that it gave, they gave everyone opportunities to do equal opportunity in terms of investment to get into mathematics courses and whatever. Yeah. Because what they're trying to do is get more women into other courses and more men into other courses. But the key thing is people still had. The free right to choose. They had free right to choose still. And yet, what did they still choose? It still went the, the yeah. traditional way. Women went into nursing, many went into engineering. Just how fucking And now we touch on the subject of... Is, Sexism and... Well, no, it's like, is, is there a genuine biological difference in men yes. and women and what our interests are? And yes. I think there probably is yeah, to some I extent. Think that's and I think that's yeah. Okay, but Papa, you... See, this is why I love my wife, because she's like, yeah, that's obvious. But unfortunately, in our society... <laughs> In a society, it's not. There will be people that will say to you that, no, there is no difference. There's no biological difference between men and women. These well, people say ridiculous. that. But this is what they, this is what's going on out there. And this is why I get so upset, boo-boo, because I, you know. I'm, Some people out there writing blogs, making statements like, gender's a social construct. Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? What does that even mean? <laughs> That we only have genders to, to, to conform to social yeah. to, to divide, to to d- divide yeah. people up. Yes. It's all about how you identify. Oh gosh. Well, I'm too much of a traditionalist. Well, I, I, I identify as a black Jamaican man from now on. I identify as a giraffe. I want to. <laughs> I want people to come and feed me hay whenever I. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's what it is. That's what's going on out there. It is true. That, Ride the giraffe. <laughs> Happy Harold. Healthy Harold. I used to love Healthy Harold. I loved him too. Fuck, I loved Healthy Harold. Alright, um, does anyone want to influence that? No. That could be a whole other podcast, the whole what would, yeah. what would you identify as, babe? I think I, I would... identify as a man. No, I mean, like, you games. know how Ride like a giraffe? A yeah, what uh, would you do? Uh, I would, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll do what's happening in uh, in Connecticut, in the States. So in Connecticut, they've got very loose laws around uh, your sex. Yeah. So what's happening in Connecticut, grown-ass men like me and right. Uh, not your sex, your gender, yeah. Let me finish my point. Oh, grown-ass <laughs> men like right and I, who are men, okay, we don't have to do anything. Mm. We can walk into a sporting organization or high school, if we're high school students, and say, I identify as a woman. They have to let me compete as a, as a female in a female category. So what's happening in Connecticut, all these men and uh, identifying as women and breaking all these, all these women's yeah. world records or their, their state records and shit. It's men. Just so that's what they don't have do. to do anything. They don't even have to wear a wig. They don't have to cut off their penis. They don't have to take drugs. <laughs> hey, that's another one I want to get into about in the States. 
What's that? Uh, Planned Parenthood and, and, and how they impact in transgender community. I'll, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they don't have to do anything except say, I identify as a woman now. Mm. And they're allowed to compete. So that's what you would do? Yeah, I'd go fuck some people up, be a champion. I'd get my gold medal. Because you can't get in the, in the men's No, I'd get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some women that could fuck me up, but most of them, I could get them. Put me in a 100 meter sprint race, so I reckon I could beat 80% of them if I'm training. Yeah. Well, the guy I was playing golf with today, he was um, talking about how a while ago, he was with a few mates and there, there was women's rugby on. And he made a comment on, oh, I don't feel that comfortable. He, I think he was fair, fair enough in saying this. He said to his friends, oh, I don't feel that right watching women's rugby. It makes me feel a bit uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. them tackle each other. And he got absolutely blasted by the group for it, saying, oh, that's super sexist, that's bigoted. And then to that <sighs> I say, well, look, that's just his opinion. Like, he doesn't have to enjoy watching that sport. Women's just, rugby, there's yeah. a lot of women that would find rugby disgusting and not enjoy watching those men yeah. form scrums and all that stuff. It's, all right. it, it's nothing to get offended let's, about. Let's finish it off here. <laughs> but that is another. You know, you know what cracks me? Yeah. Women's sports demanding and expecting... The same pay as men. Yeah. Now, in any industry, okay, maybe there's great areas of equal rights, okay? When it comes to sports, it's purely income-based. So if the men's game is generating $10 billion and a woman's game is generating only $5 million, how the fuck can they expect to be... It's, it, that, that's how it works in sports. It's whatever income you generate. Not like... There's no bias. Yeah. If more, if if people want to watch WNBA like women's basketball, I think they just want to be funded the same. I don't think it's about yeah, but the how funding, much income you generate. It is the, That's exactly how it works. Do you, it? Think, yeah. do you think NBA players can get forty five million dollars a season and earn the same? And this the, yeah, the but sport? doesn't the government give some kind no, of no, baby? Funding? It's private. It's sport. all commercial. It's it's based on commercial sport. If you're gonna get a return on paying MJ a hundred million over whatever number of years, yeah, you'll do it. And let's let's um, talk about the big... look, look at UFC for example. When Ronda, oh, Rouse, I love I love female UFC. When Ronda when Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunes is huge is the headline act. Yeah, those girls are pulling more cash out that yeah, night than the, the than, than the guys that run the undercard. But why? Because people, people, because people me, are paying to watch them. I was tuning in just to watch that fight. Exactly right. Exactly right. And let's talk about inequality in sports. Uh, tennis. Tennis is a massive one. Tennis is bullshit. You know why? Because the men are out there on the court. They play on average four to six hours. Yeah, they're playing best of five sets. To the the, the women sense. are paying 45 minutes sometimes up to maybe an hour. And they get paid the exact same money. Yeah. You tell me that's fair. And the crowd numbers are much higher for the You tell me that's well. fucking fair. Yeah. Anyway, I'll get passionate with that shit. Because... Again, like you don't hear that argument. Yeah. They just want the same outcome. Doesn't matter what's going on. Like yeah. it can't work. You yeah. got It's a commercial sport. You got to justify yeah, your we're not saying, paid. We're not saying one gender superior to the no. other. But we're just saying commercially, this product and it's a product. This Australian Open tennis is a product that's being sold yeah. to consumers, and more consumers, which men, are purchasing the men's game. If I was a men's tennis player, I'd be pissed off. If I'm Federer and Nadal, be like, hey man, I understand you got to. Make this thing look even, but I'm only gonna rock up if you pay me yeah. a fee. Like I'm not getting the same as someone who's well, been caught. The... Someone in the same tournament I've participated. I've played 25 hours yeah. of tennis. This person played five, and you're paying them the same. Yeah. Oh, but no one says shit about that. Yeah. I, in that example, I reckon Federer and Nadal would probably be 
the guys that shy away from coming up publicly like, because they've done so well for themselves. I would, I would too. I wouldn't say shit. But and I'm, just, and I'm they doing it on their behalf. They need to appear woke and kind of. I'm doing it on their behalf. They had to have so a massive. people will argue and say, but women have to take maternity leave. They probably oh don't get my paid god. I agree. To, no, they do get maternity leave, but again, it, it has in pennies. Do com- they? Com- yeah, of course they do. What's this? No, you don't. Like, there's no salary. You don't. Like, you basically, there's not a salary. You basically you don't just get have, paid maternity leave. They get overpaid. It is so true. They have maternity leave. For a female right. tennis player to come back to the tour after giving birth. Okay, but is, again, much hold on, hold on. We, yeah, exactly. At the start of this, we spoke about accountability and but self and self yeah, accountability. It is an individual. Self- it's a choice. Sport. Yeah, it's an individual sport. It's a choice to have a child. Yeah. It's a sacrifice, I agree, but yes. it's their sacrifice. Serena Williams did it's it. it's their child. And she came back and, and dominated again. Yeah, but she hasn't won a Grand Slam since, but that was still it. That's all her choice. I yeah. think but Not since being a mother. Are you sure? But, but she's still done well. She's still yeah. made a shitload of money. But she's also old now. She's mm. almost 40, and she's yeah. still ripping the asses. So yeah. I think it's got more to do with performance, age, yeah, like She took well. the time out, and then she went through the recovery. Anyway. She came back on tour. That's, you know what? We need a proper subject from that. I feel like I'm rushing it if we keep going. Okay. Um, let's just wrap it up there. Baby, thank you for your time. Thank you. Right? Thanks you, for having you, me. You were dropping some fire today. I'm not sure if anyone's going to get to the end of this and, <laughs> and hear the part about me being a, probably a sexist because I think you've got to earn what you okay, earn. Okay, right? okay, okay. But you dropped some amazing points there. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Always.